Hi, it's Father Rick, and I want to welcome you to St. Michael's Episcopal Church. I'm really glad you found us. Please know that we accept you wherever you are on your spiritual journey, and we trust that God will take you where you need to be, right in God's timing. We're just glad that you're here with us, and we hope you enjoy today's sermon. God bless. Father, you are here and we are here. May we be here together. In the name of Jesus Christ, your only Son, our Lord. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, St. Mikey's. The psalm read this morning that we all read together is one of the most familiar pieces or portions of Scripture there is. Next to the Lord's Prayer or the Our Father or maybe John 3.16. And that's whether you're churched or unchurched spiritual but not religious or anything under the sun, you might consider yourself, whether you're here seated or you're watching online. I'm referring to Psalm 23. And so many of us love Psalm 23. Why do we love Psalm 23? Because it's a source of comfort due to its beautiful imagery, its intimate tone, its sense of promise, and its familiarity. It's like home to our hearts. That's why Psalm 23 is usually plastered all over someone's Christian wall art. There's little trinkets or tchotchke with Psalm 23 on it. We like little Jesuses holding baby lambs. We like that stuff. And that's why it's so popular at funerals. I'd like to read it again though, but from a different version, a different English translation. Because I think this translation may have some insights. It's enlightening. Something is my shepherd. I shall always be in want. It makes me stand in arid wastelands. It leads me besides the water of chaos and turmoil. It depletes my soul of life. It leads me down paths of destruction. I come undone. Yea, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I am consumed with fear, for evil is all around me, and I am truly alone. My shepherd has abandoned me, defenseless now, no rod or staff to comfort me. I sit as my enemies brood about, seeking to destroy me. But there is no table, there is no feast, there is no drink. No soothing aroma of oil on my head. My cup is empty. Surely goodness and mercy are far from me, unreachable, unattainable, all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of sorrow, the house of shame, the house of despair for the length of my days. Are you depressed yet? It's pretty depressing, isn't it? You like that version? Was that helpful? No, she says. No, you don't. Could you imagine if somebody actually read that at somebody's funeral? Someone's getting fired. (laughs) That version, Psalm 23 in reverse, as depressing as it is, and it is, does raise a good question, though. Who is your shepherd? What guides you? What leads you? 
but takes you by the hand in life, the thing that you turn to, to provide your desires and your needs, the thing that you expect to come to your aid in times of distress or difficulty, to protect you, the thing that you long to be present with you, to comfort you during the dark times, the times of uncertainty, the times of unknowing. What or who do you entrust yourself with? Who or what do you place your confidence in? Whose shoulders are you lying upon? Who is your shepherd? Is it the Lord or is it someone else? Is it God or is it something else? Now, I know I'm speaking to people that are sitting in a church and on a church pew. Don't jump to a quick answer. Please don't, don't rush it. Take some time to reflect on that, as painful as that might be. It may be Jesus, it may not be. It may have been Jesus yesterday, but it's something or someone else today. It may be Jesus right now, but then something happens tomorrow, and it changes. You may have or will return to an old shepherd because you might be walking through the valley of the shadow of death. You return to an old shepherd because it's familiar, because it's known. Your shepherd could be anything. Your shepherd could be work, career aspirations, a path to achievement. Your shepherd could be busyness or distraction. Your shepherd could be perfectionism or the fear of failure. Your shepherd could be a relationship or relationships, romantic or otherwise, that seem to dictate your sense of worth, your fulfillment, your completion, your happiness. Your shepherd could be the evaluation or estimation of others. Your personal sense, your personal critique is contingent upon other people. Your shepherd could be a substance or an addictive behavior. Whatever you do to self-medicate self-anesthesia, whatever we do as people to numb out. The reality is, all of us are sheep. How many of us like that idea? There's some of us who think, oh, no, I'm, not, I'm not a sheep, I'm a lone ranger, I'm an individualist, I'm a self-made pioneer. I like to point out how other people are sheep. Unfortunately, the truth is, you are sheep as well. We are all sheep. And we are all designed to have a shepherd. And so we sniff all around us until we find one that we think suits us. And most of the time, our shepherds are actually good things. Good things meant to enliven our lives and humanity, bring color to our existence, gifts of God's creation that we place in a role they were never intended to be in. Therefore, they do not have the capacity to shepherd us. And so they fail us time and time and time again. Anybody resonate with this? Come on now, people. You think Jesus is always my shepherd? I'd be lying to you. I got some false shepherds. And Jesus calls these false shepherds thieves and bandits. He says they sneak in. They climb over the wall of the sheepfold by the darkness of night. And so easily we hear the voice of these strangers, Jesus calls them, and we begin to follow. 
Sheep aren't the most intelligent of animals. I don't know if you knew that. Even though we know deep down Jesus is right when he says that they only come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Either because we've experienced that in our own lives, or we know it intuitively that if we continue following this shepherd, it is not going to end well. Jesus calls them the hired hand, the employee that does not own the sheep, therefore does not care for the sheep, has no personal investment in them. And so when danger presents itself, when the wolf shows up, and the wolf will show up, whatever your wolf is, it's coming back. The hired hand flees and runs away, abandons the sheep, leaving it defenseless against the wolf who snatches it up. Whatever else is shepherding your soul, whatever else is shepherding my soul, even if it seems good to you now, even if it seems it's providing your needs and your desires, bringing you comfort and serenity, even in the midst of trouble and uncertainty, because that's when we usually run to these things, Psalm 23 in reverse, and Jesus himself implies that if your shepherd is anything or anyone other than him, you will certainly be in want. And you will find no rest for your soul. Because it's not your true shepherd. And you are not its sheep. You belong to someone else. The true shepherd. And Jesus is the only one with the capacity to fulfill this role and the only one worthy of that title. Well, why is that? That sounds kind of arrogant. Why does Jesus get that place of privilege? Why is, what makes him so special? Can it be anything I want? What makes him so supreme above all else? Well, because as far as I know, he's the only one who is willing to lay down his life for his sheep, for you, for me. Jesus proves his great love for us by offering the greatest sacrifice anyone can ever give. And he gives it willingly by choice. It's his decision. He says, no one takes my life from me. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it up again. He created you. He redeemed you. He earned that title. He did this so that we might have life and life more abundantly, the abundant life. And the abundant life does not mean the absence of trouble or difficulty or hardship or pain or times of uncertainty or loss. And it's not becoming, because I used to think this, some sort of stoic that is impervious to thoughts or emotions. Some dead-eyed, steel-hearted robot, unaffected by the ups and downs of life. That's not a human being. We don't even see that in Jesus. We see Jesus who hurts, who cries, who laughs, who feels. And you read the rest of the Psalms that don't sound so nice as Psalm 23. It is a book of emotion. The deepest emotions of humanity. The abundant life is a with God life. A life of living fuller into our God-given humanity as we come to know God more and more and more in this phase of existence and on to the next. The psalmist says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, because I'm going to walk there, I fulfill no evil. Why? For you are with me. 
He says, in the presence of my enemies. We've got external ones. We've got internal ones. A table is set before me. Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. As sheep, we easily go astray. We easily get lost. We pick up a scent of some false shepherd and we start to follow it. A shepherd that does not have the capacity to function in that manner. They don't love us and they definitely didn't die for us. The beautiful thing about Jesus is, is that he is not disappointed with us. He does not shame you. He does not condemn you. He understands and has compassion. And he so deeply desires to be with his flock, to be with his sheep, to be with his little lambs. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And my sheep know me. I care for my sheep. I love my sheep. And this great love drives him to go on the search for us and he calls you by name and when he finds you he scoops you up and lays you over his shoulders the only shoulders that can truly hold you and he rejoices as you're back with him then and only then will you be truly safe find rest, true serenity, security, comfort, provision, protection, and love. Then and only then will you not want, will you not lack anything, regardless of the circumstance. So if today, if you find yourself following another type of shepherd, it's okay. The invitation is to allow the Good Shepherd, the guardian and shepherd of our souls, as Scripture speaks of Him, to come and find you and scoop you up. And as we prayed in our colic, may God grant that when you hear the voice, when you hear His voice, you may know Him who calls you each by name and follow where He leads. Because Psalm 23 in reverse was experienced by a person. It was experienced by Jesus. He experienced that so that you can experience Psalm 23. That you can say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You spread a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me, shall hunt me down all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you like today's message, 
please subscribe to our podcast and be sure to tell your friends. You may also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com backslash St. Michael's Orlando. Until next time, remember, God loves you with a love you did not earn, and therefore, you can never lose.